Hello and welcome to Classic 15, the hub of top tips for young and emerging classical artists. I'm Jack Pepper, I'm a composer, radio presenter and writer, and for the next 15 minutes we are going to sit down for a bite-sized coffee break chat to gain new insights into how to make a career in classical music. Today we are meeting the British lyric soprano Nadine Benjamin, a celebrated exponent of song from the likes of Verdi to Berg. At English National Opera, she's sung the roles of Mimi and Musetta in La Boheme. She was a soloist in Rafe Vaughan Williams's Serenade to Music at the BBC Proms in 2019. Just a year later, she made her Royal Opera House debut in A New Dark Age. And then in 2021, Nadine debuted at Glyndebourne Festival Opera in the title role of Louisa Miller. In addition to all of this, Nadine is a certified high performance and mind coach and she set up her own mentoring agency called Everybody Can. Well, I spoke with Nadine on a video call and started by asking if music has always been a part of her life. Yes, um, music has been my lifeline. It has been the, um, I don't know, the river that runs through all of who I am and what I do and how I show up. Um, And I would say that music saved my life because when I was younger, I didn't have a way of having a voice. And what I found with singing and with music is that it always gave me space. And that's why I love music so much, because it is such a universal language. It speaks to all of us. It crosses all these barriers that may come up in one's life, whether they be personal or, you know, existential or however they come up. You know, and um, I think, um, yeah, it just it speaks to everybody and it spoke to my heart and it's never left. And can you just take us back in time for a moment? Because you, you left school at 16, didn't you? Yes, I did. What led you to that decision? Well, my 16-year-old self was in a, in a level of expansion and said to herself, there must be more than this. I want to find out what that is. And it was a really massive step for me to do, but it was also the right step for me to do. Um, I don't, you know, advise it for people who, you know, can stay at home and, you know, everything's (laughs) hunky-dory. You know, I think, you know, stay at home for as long as you can. But I think if you're in a situation where you feel that you're not expanding or there's no way for you to fully breathe, then um, for me, that was the right decision. And was the decision to leave school to then be a singer? Was that the motivation? Did you know where you were going next? No, I had no idea. I was working on a YTS scheme. And what's that, just to to check? It's a youth training scheme. And uh, so when you leave school, I was studying business administration. So you get your placements inside different um, organisations. And um, I I got mine at an architectural company first and foremost, Grimley J.R. Eve, I remember (laughs) it well. And and I was working for this lady and I was just opening posts basically and making cups of tea and things like that. I was just, you know, starting at the bottom, work my way up. Um, And then I went back to my placement after about three or four months and I was like, oh my gosh, I can do her job. Like she was the big PA of the whole place. And I said, you know, like, how do I do that? And so they put me in a a corporate finance, actually. 
And um, I started off as a junior secretary and then I became the executive PA to um, the guy that um, owns the company. And then I became one of his right-hand people. And then from then on, I went on to um, work on a trading floor as well after that. So so through all of this, I mean, this must, was it, how many years was this covering? I don't know. It must be about nine or 10 years of my life. So uh, 10 years. Is this, we, I sort of started by saying, is music always a part of your life? Was music still a part of your life at that time? Was it sort of a yeah. hobby? Absolutely. It was a hobby. It was, um, and I didn't sing classical music. I sang uh, garage, drum and bass, rock, jazz, pop. I spent a lot of my time in recording studios just recording and writing songs. I'm, I'm a songwriter, so I write a lot of songs. Um, and I just loved hanging out with the lads, making music, and that's what I did. <laughs> and so at what point in the corporate finance world do you go, do you know what? No, lyric soprano. You don't actually. <laughs> I was I, I had I was on a trading floor by then, um, and um, I had left by the way and been away for a few years. And um, I went to go and be a waitress because I just decided that it was there was too much pressure. And I had you know you get burnt out after a while um, working in finance. And um, I just said, oh, I'm going to go and be a waitress for a few years. And so I went off and went was a waitress loved that too had so much fun and then I went back into um finance but as a temp and um and it was at this point that I was just about to be offered a really cool job with lots of money <laughs> and um my boss at the time said um you know we really want you here but we just want to make sure is there anything that you've wanted to do because you're very creative you're very switched on you're very charismatic you know and um, he said, we're all in our 40s. And we can't leave anymore because we're so used to the money. And um, and I said, uh, well, this teacher said I could sing one day. Um, and so maybe I should find out if I could do that. He goes, go. I give you three months. Go. And if you if you don't make the decision to, to do that and it doesn't work out, you can come back. And I never went back. Wow. So what were your first steps then? So you, to transition from corporate finance to professional singer, so, what's your first stop? My first step was to find something that I could be seen in. Um, and by this time, I still hadn't had a singing lesson, remember? So this is like, <laughs> we're just talking about somebody jumping in from one fire into another. <laughs> That's the same with waitressing as well. I walked up on the day and he said, have you ever waitressed before? I was like, yeah, I've done <laughs> So, um, but uh, it was it was really phenomenal. Uh, Carmen Jones was being put on at um, the Royal Festival Hall, and um, I had done a short stint of uh, a music class where I had sung a bit of music theatre, and that had Mary King in it. And so she, Mary King, was one of the audition panel panels, and I said, "Oh, Mary's on there. I'm going to see if I can contact Mary. I can see if I can contact her." And, I got no answer. So I just said, you know what? I've got three months. I'm going to spend as many days ringing to see if they'll give me an, an audition as possible. And, um, yeah, they sent after, I don't know, the seventh or the eighth day, hmm. they said, yes, come in on an audition. And uh, I got one solo, I got chorus and one solo line. And then um, from there, I ended up at Opera de Lyon and got seven solo lines and chorus and then I thought oh I'm getting solo lines I must be a soloist and 
the rest is really history. I mean, there's loads. My story is so massive, like uh, to try and, you know, put it into a little pin drop. It's, it's quite, it's quite, it's quite difficult. <laughs> how do, but it's interesting though. How do you keep control of your sense of yourself? And because and, and, is it a different mindset when you go from the world of corporate finance to singing professionally from chorus to soloist? Like what, what, what was your mindset doing as you were making those quite big changes? Well, I was making those big changes, but I was also studying at the same time. So I was studying as a um, NLP mind coach. I was also studying um, as a certified high performance coach, and I'm now also a physical intelligence coach. Um, I also did two two years as a transpersonal psychotherapist as well, learning. So my whole point was for me, for anyone to make a mindset change, you have to leave your environment. When you leave your environment, then you have to create different practices. These practices become habits. These habits then form your new behavior. So for me, it was, um, you know, just taking incremental steps that compounded. Um, I'm still the same way today. I'm like a sponge. I uh, take time to learn and soak up my environments. And if there's somewhere that I set goals and I set intentions, I don't believe we're ever in control um, because we're not. We, I think that's a, that's a kind of a, a pipe dream. But I do know that I am in charge of how I respond to what goes on around me. So I'm definitely in charge of that. So my mindset on a daily basis is about doing meditation. And I, I bookend my day with meditations. I write down my kind of thoughts in the mornings and I get rid of all the excess baggage, I call it. Um, I make sure that if I'm having not a great day, I tell somebody that I know loves me, that I'm not having a great day today. Can we do something? Or can you just hear me for a moment? I just need to talk something through. And I have great people around me and I as well as me having great people around me, I'm also great for the people that when I'm around them. So it's this evolving door, this ebb and flow of relational living, connected living, I call it. So, you know, and where we become conscious about our creativity and how it impacts not just ourselves, but the world. And you've had you know, a huge number of very high profile debuts in the last few years, whether it's Glyndebourne Festival Opera, Royal Opera House. What What's your sort of advice for making a good first impression, making a good debut? What's the art of a good debut, Nadine? Well, I don't know. I don't know if there is an art, but I do know that one of the things that will be respected is that A, you know your music. B, if you need support with learning that, make sure you you get that. C, really be vulnerable to what you don't understand. Ask questions, you know, be a great colleague. And a great colleague for me means being someone who, you know, notices if somebody is in a group and there's not a chair. A great colleague is someone who um, can see somebody struggling in the day and just gently, quietly goes up to them and go, are you okay? Can I do anything? You know, a great colleague is also somebody that, you know, if makes space for things and also a great colleague is someone that just turns up fully prepared. I mean, you've just got to turn up knowing, invested, willing to um, uh, contribute in a creative way with um, 
acting choices and vocal choices to what you're doing. And you just come full. You come full, ready to play, you know. Um, and also to just talk really nicely about people. No gossiping. You haven't got time for that anyway. You know, no gossiping. I think it's, yeah, it's not credible, that for me. And yeah, lead with your heart. That's what that's what's worked for me anyway. And if somebody, if you feel that somebody is, you know, ignoring you or not taking you seriously or, you know, um, has is a bit off with you, confront them. Ask gently. I'm feeling this. Is that true? As as a coach, you say, and as a mentor, is there a, a not necessarily a mistake, but a misunderstanding that you encounter a lot? Because as you say, all of this requires confidence, doesn't it? The confidence to be yourself, the confidence mm-hmm. to speak to somebody if you're not sure about the material you're learning or whatever. You sort of think you've got to appear like you you know it all. But mm-hmm. what what would you say is the most common misunderstanding or misperception held by young and emerging artists? That is at the expectation that everything will just fall at their feet once they've left college or, you know. But actually, that's where the work begins. The work really begins. I mean, I didn't go to college, so I can't. But after mentoring a lot of people, what I see the common thread is, is that they've spent all the time in university or at a conservatoire preparing for the art, but they haven't prepared for the world. And so one of the things that I always say to people I'm mentoring who sometimes are still in conservatoire, I say to them, you know, actually start making gigs now. Start preparing ensembles now. Start claiming your audience now. You know, don't wait till you've finished. It's too late. Is it though? It's interesting you say that. Is it ever too late? Because your example of, you know, 10 years in corporate finance and now yeah. now look at you, you know. It, it- no, I don't mean it's too late and I will, I will, I will revise that. Thank you very much, Jack. Um, I mean, it's too late then in terms of you'll be coming out of conservatoire going, well, what am I supposed to do next? That's what I mean. It's never too late to start. I mean, yeah. everybody can is based around over 35s. That's what I'm. That, that's the people I like to pass my wisdom and knowledge on to, um, only because it's a, a, it's it's an age of transition. It's where it's when I started. I was thirty five. That's when I started doing what I've just told you. <laughs> you mm. know, so I wasn't I wasn't young by any means in terms of the world, but I was young. I'm still a young singer. You know, I still am. You know, I haven't done a hundred mimis or a hundred you know I just I'm still a very young singer I love that about myself you know um and I love that I'm still willing to keep learning and that's the other thing always be willing to learn or you're never finished I don't think we as artists are ever finished I mean I'm doing a, a show at the moment called Blue and the tessitura is not my tessitura completely it's on a subject matter that's of today and I had to have a steep learning curve again, you know, for a role that I never imagined I would sing. But you know what? It's been great because what it's done is developed now my real lower middle end of my voice. So when I do go back to Traviata and Mbalo in Mascara and all of that as, as the main roles, I've got this wealth, the richness that's added to my voice. I'm so excited about it. But emotionally, I've grown as well because, you know, I think 
when we do now we're doing more and more pieces that relate to today and so this kind of care around looking after yourself whether it be through counseling or coaching or therapy or whatever you need to make sure you're supported alongside some of these roles is really really important nadine benjamin such a pleasure thank you for joining us oh not at all it's been my pleasure Thanks for joining us for this episode of Classique 15. This podcast and all in the series are available on all the usual podcast platforms and online at classique.com. There, you'll also be able to find all of Classique's latest news, their online concert series and video on demand. And do check out Classique's social media whilst you're there at Classique Music. Thanks very much for your company and see you soon.